Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Proverbs chapter 20, starting in verse 5, it says, The purposes of a man's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. In other words, every one of us has purpose in us, but you have to draw out that purpose. Sometimes that purpose doesn't float to the top. You have to look for it. See, knowing your purpose is essential for you to achieve your destiny. And many of us are are walking in getting our needs met, but you're not walking in your purpose. You're successful in life, but you haven't walked in your purpose. That's why someone can make a lot of money and still feel empty. That's why you you see so many of these uh, musicians or uh, athletes or even uh, movie stars that are making an obscene amount of money and yet they still find themselves searching, finding themselves committing suicide. People that are, are recognizing it doesn't matter how much I have, it's what has me. And when Jesus went to the town of Capernaum, he starts healing people and opening blinded eyes and feeding people, taking care of them. They want him to stay. And look what Jesus tells them in Luke 4, 43. But Jesus says, do you not know that there's other places I must go to offer them the hope found in God's kingdom realm? This is what I have been sent to do. You see, when you know your purpose, it helps you say no to the good things so that you could say yes to the best in your life. And many of us are settling for good when God has the best in store for you. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Wow, we're, we're going to get back into worship. We're going to take uh, spend some time just before the Lord. But right where you are, everyone say purpose. Dr. Miles Monroe is probably the best instructor when it comes to purpose, when he talk about purpose. And one of the things he says about purpose is that purpose is the original intent of a thing, the original design of anything. So when we talk about what you were created for, God first had a problem in mind before he created you. Because you've heard me say this before, every one of you is a answer or the remedy to a problem. That's why you were created. And so you don't get to determine your own purpose. God determines your purpose. And that purpose has already been locked inside of you. How many, how many know that you have a purpose? Raise your hand. How many don't know what that purpose is, though? You know you have a purpose. You just, you're not sure yet. Raise your hands as well. Okay, a few of you. And it's okay. Let me tell you this, that your purpose is usually opposite of what bothers you. So whatever bothers you in life is usually what you have been created to fix. We'll talk about that later, okay? But every, every, according to Dr. Monroe, the greatest tragedy in life is not death, but life without purpose. It's not dying, it's living a life with no purpose. And so CWC, we have a statement of purpose, why we exist And for those of you that come to to CWC, those of you that have been here for a short time, we talked about if you've been here less than a year, we want to invite you out to a dinner we're holding at the church or uh, in the Milpitas campus on February 3rd. We're having a a catered dinner. We want you to come out, find out what we're all about, meet our pastors. Let's just break bread or break tacos. What's 
gonna, what we're going to be doing that night, and uh, just ha- have a time of fellowship. And so we want you to come join us, but we want you to also know what our why is, why we meet, why we exist, what are we doing here. And for those of you that have been at CWC for a moment, you've heard ours is to love God, love people, change the world. That when you love God, it'll open your love for people, which will in turn cause you to change the world that you're in right now. And so you don't just join a church because you love the music. And I tell you what, the music this morning, uh, worship was just phenomenal, just phenomenal. I'm I'm still getting goosebumps right now just uh, from the presence of God that is in this place right now. But you don't just partner with the church because you like the music. You partner with the church because you agree with the vision. You partner with the promise that's on the father of the house. You, prom- you, you connect with the vision. You connect with the house based on where they're going and whether you can help bring that promise and bring that vision about. Now, last week we talked about that love God. These were the four things we spoke on last week, that we love God. You can measure love based on if you're following Jesus. Jesus said, if you obey my commandments, you, you love me if you obey my commandments, that selfless service, that we aren't, aren't just here to, to get, we're here to give as well. And then living by giving, Jesus, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave, that we learn how to give of ourselves, and that we, we're more like God when we give because we reflect our Heavenly Father. And then lastly, uh, loving like Jesus, that we learn to love like Jesus. That's how we reflect who, when we love God, we love like Jesus. Last week, check out the podcast if you haven't heard it to get you caught up with what, where we're going with this. Why? Because love can be measured. How many of you have ever had someone tell you they love you, but their actions don't show it? Don't, don't raise your hands. But their actions didn't show it, okay? Because, listen, love is not a feeling. Love is a commitment that sometimes produces a feeling. And again, don't raise your hands, but there's married couples here right now that I, I, would, I would go as far to say this. There are times in your life where you didn't feel in love with your spouse. In fact, going even far, don't shake your head. Don't even give me an amen, okay? Don't, this is a time, do not say amen. But there are times in your, in your relationships that not only do you not feel in love, but you don't even want to be married. There are times you not only do not love them, you may not like them. Don't say amen, babe. (laughs) Hang in there, girl. (laughs) But that's why love is a commitment. In fact, how do we know that love's a choice, not a feeling? Be careful, young ladies, because there's guys out there that, that, that are saying they love you based on how they feel at the moment. But love isn't a feeling. Love is a commitment. That even when I don't feel in love with you, I'm still committed to you. And if, how do I know that? Because Jesus commanded us to love him with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul and all our strength. You can't command someone to do something that they're unable to do. Which means love is a choice. It's not a feeling. You choose to love someone. So when someone says, you know what, I love you, but I'm not in love with you anymore. What they're saying is they've made a choice no longer to love you. Because love's not a feeling. Love is a choice. Say it again, Pastor. It's getting quiet in this place right now. 
I, I don't mean to, you know, we're, we're going to have all kinds of married, marriage counseling going on here in a few, Pastor Anthony, so get ready for marriage. Married couples class takes place every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Uh, with Pastor Ant and Sister Tara. They do a great job, okay? So, second thing, everyone say love God. love God. Second thing is love people. We have to learn to love people as well. It's that We have to recognize that when we love God, it shows in our love for people, number one, in life-giving relationships. Everyone say that, life-giving relationships. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8 says this, we loved, we, we loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives too. Paul was saying this, we didn't just share with you that Jesus loved you, we gave our very lives to you as well. And as those that follow Christ, as, as believers of Jesus Christ, as part of CWC, as who we are, is that not only do we love people, but we have to be willing to share our lives with those people that we say we love as well. It's not enough to say, I love you, it's we have to be involved in the lives of people around us so that we help them through their things. You see, you can't just say, I love someone while they're sitting there hungry. You can't say you love someone while they're shivering in the cold. We have to be able to share our lives and get involved to help with whatever they're going through today. You see, love shares ourselves, not just things. The most expensive thing you can give isn't money, but it's you. And that's the thing that will change people. See, I need you to understand that people rarely remember messages. That doesn't bode well for my job. But most people don't remember messages, but they do remember people. If I were to ask you right now to to list the five messages that really transformed your life, you would be hard-pressed in the next few moments to come up with five messages that transformed your life. But if I told you to give me five names of five people that impacted your life, you can come up with them very easily. Why? Because people transform us, not just messages. So it's not what we say, it's what we do. And so I need you to understand something, that loving people is vital, that we learn to share our life-giving relationships. The problem is this, if you have too many relationships that just take from you, but never add to you, you're going to end up like many of our bank accounts, overdrawn. So you have to make sure that in the process of giving, that you're also receiving as well. That's why coming to church is so important. That's why the Bible says, don't forsake the gathering of ourselves together as some do. Because as you gather here, you get fed, you get built, you get lifted up, and you get poured into. So then you can now go out on Sunday night, Monday, and through the week and add value to other people. Number two, honor. Everyone say honor. Honor. We love people through honor. And I I want you to see Romans chapter 12, verse 10 says this. Be devoted tenderly, loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of of one another. Respect and honor. Are you catching this? Listen, can you imagine going to a church or going to a place where people are outworking you in the area of honor? I mean, they're, they're not backbiting you. They're not talking about you. They're not stepping over you. They're not gossiping about you. They're not putting you down. I always hit, oh, look, she thinks she's all that. Look at her, the way she's dressed today. And jealousy begins to become something that's part. That's, jealousy is not part of the kingdom. 
And at CWC, we have to be, this place, this house, is going to be a house of honor. This is going to be a house of respect. We're going to honor one another. We're going to respect one another. We're going to take time to build each other up. We're going to take time. And what, what, what do we do? How do you honor? Is that when a mistake is going on, just like, just like Noah's sons, one of them says, hey, man, dad's drunk in the, in, the, in the tent and naked. And he was trying to make fun of his dad. When the brothers heard about it, they went and took a, a blanket, covered, covered on their, put it on their shoulders, walked backwards into his tent and and covered up the nakedness of their father. They didn't want to expose where their father was at. Why? Because that was their dad. They were going to honor him. Many of us, when we find out someone's going through a struggle, we publicize it. Facebook, hey, pray for so-and-so. Twitter, hey, pray for so-and-so. They're going through this right now. Not in a matter of praying for them, but to expose them. We better, we need to be a house of honor. We have to learn how to honor because love sees value in people. God sees value in people. Love what Chris Valentin said years ago. It's easy to find dirt in people. You, you don't have to be a prophetic person to say there's sin in your life. You don't even have to look very far to find sin in some lives. But it takes someone that is really a lover of God to be able to look into someone's life that has sin and find gold. And find the good that's in someone. You know what? Let, us, let, let CWC be a house that, that, you know what? People are saying, you know what? These guys are guilty of always finding the gold in people. I already know my dirt. You don't have to point out my dirt. Come on, you know your dirt too. Come on. You, you know, and what's a trip is this. I shared this last Sunday. We get into the kingdom through grace, but we want everyone else to get in through the law. God forgave us of all our mess ups and, and enter, gave us what we didn't deserve, but we want everyone else to obey the rules in order to get into the presence of God. CWC must be a place where we love God, love people through life-giving relationships, through honor, through healing. And take, take, take a look at this word honor. Honor means, the root word means to pay, to recompense. It acknowledges the price or the value of another, and it reveals our value for them. So when I dishonor you, what I'm saying, when someone, you feel, dis, how many of you have ever felt disrespected? Dishonored, all right? What, what's happening is those, got her feet and hands up in the air. What, what's happening is this, is that you're feeling that someone doesn't have, they, they, they aren't valuing you. When we're disrespected, they're, they're taking away your value. And God told us to honor one another. And by honoring them, what we're doing is we're saying, I see the value in you. I see the value that's inside of you. Now, your condition may not match your value, but I still see your value. Oh, you, you didn't catch that. We judge people based on where they're at. God judges us based on where we're going. God doesn't see our current condition. He sees what he created us to be. And if we can start seeing through the lenses of heaven and start calling out, not where people are at, what am I talking about? God sees us beyond the mess. 
That if you were to look at where Cisco was even years ago to see where he's at today, you could see God looks beyond the mess and he sees the blessing. He looks beyond where the mayor was or the governor was at one time and he sees the blessing. I need you to understand right now, God doesn't see your mess. God doesn't see your mess up. God doesn't see your condition. God sees what he intended you to be from the very beginning. That's why God has honor for you. CWC will value its people. Now, let, let's go on to, to the next here. We have to value every person that walks in. And if you walked into this place and did not feel value, I apologize as the head of this house. Forgive me. Because we have to be a house of honor. Which means everyone, not just the greeters, I saw a family walk in this morning. I was greeting over here. I saw a family walk all the way down the hallway, pass a crowd of people, come into the sanctuary and into their seats, and no one said hello to them. I was on the other side of the I was on the other side, and I watched them walk all the way down while I was greeting people over here. Are you feeling me? Honor. Honor. You want to go to a place where people, as they said in Cheers, where people know your name. <laughs> your young, young, youngsters don't have a clue what I just talked about right now. You want, to, you want to go to a place where you know you matter. Come on, that, that if you're not there, that you're missed. Are, are you feeling me? Number three, life-giving relationships, honor, healing. Worship team, if you would help me, we're going to close out right here. Luke chapter 10, verse 9. I want you to see this. Luke 10, 9. Heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God is near you now. This is so cool. He doesn't say pray for the sick. What's he say? Now, now that's a trip. That's a, that's a lot of pressure. Don't pray for the sick, heal the sick. But you know what? Not every sickness is cancerous. Some sicknesses are depression, low self-esteem, being, being mistreated. Every one of us has a responsibility that the people we come in contact with to heal them. How do we know that the kingdom of God has shown up based on that word? Is when? When healing shows up, the kingdom shows up. When someone is depressed and now they're set free, the kingdom's shown up. When someone's addicted and now that addiction's broken, then the kingdom's shown up. What? Because whatever the problem is, when the remedy shows up, the kingdom has shown up as well. Jesus delivers a demon-possessed man and then declares the kingdom of heaven has come. Why? Because love has responsibility. CWC, we have a responsibility. Listen, this church is for everyone. CWC is for, we have value for everyone. Of every color, every race, every gender. We have, we have, we, we, we accept you all. But listen to me. This is a hospital. This is an emergency room. And I hear too many people thinking that, you know what, I need to get my life together before I come to church. That's backwards. That's like you trying to stop the bleeding before you go to the emergency room. 
But let me heal up before I go there because I don't want to get blood all over the place. I'm a mess. When you're a mess, where do you belong? When you're jacked up, where do you belong? When your life is a mess and you're trying to figure things out, you, you don't go into the emergency room and they say, wait, wait, come back when the bleeding has stopped. No, you're, you're, you're really sick right now. You're coughing. You're getting germs everywhere. You really need to go and take some Robitussin or something and then come back when you're, taking, when you're good. They don't do that. You can come into this place in whatever condition. And CWC, we invite you here in whatever condition you're in. But we refuse to let you stay there. Because we have to bring healing to you. We have to, we're commanded to. So we keep bugging you about getting closer to God and about getting better, moving on from that heartbreak, moving on from that depression, moving on from that, from that uh, bankruptcy, moving on from that addiction. When we keep bugging and every Sunday you come in and we keep challenging you to get to a higher level, why are we doing that? It's because we have a responsibility. God commanded me to make sure that you reach healing. Lastly, as we close, reaching out. Everyone say reaching out. Look at Romans chapter 15, verse 7. You will bring God glory when you sing a song in church. When you give an offering. When you sing really loud in church. What's it say? Wait, you what? One another's as partners. Just as the anointed one has fully accepted you and received you as his partner. Now, I don't deserve the partnership of God. My life hasn't always been together. You, I haven't always been all of this. <laughs> took time to get here and even when I think I arrive and then I blow it I feel so stupid I'm like man what are you doing he still partners with me he still partners with me and love receives love embraces love invites and I need you to understand that we we have been called every one of us Every one of you is a key that unlocks a certain lock that only you can do. I love the story when, the, when the, the, the people gathered. The Bible says that John the Baptist died. And Jesus tells the disciples, hey, guys, let's get together. Okay, let's go get some R&R. Let's go chill. Let's go relax. You know, we, we've gone through a tough time. John the Baptist is dead. Let's go. Let's go hang out. And they're like, hey, cool. Let's go. And they get together. With, they're going to hang out with Jesus. They get some downtime, and they get there, and there's 15,000 people waiting for them. And the disciples are like, no, man, you said we were going to chill. And Jesus sits down and begins to teach. So here's Jesus teaching and teaching and teaching and teaching. 
Hours are going by, and yet these people are staying. Sun's beginning to look like it's about to set, get ready to go down, and disciples are like, I thought we were going to get some time off. We're, we're, we're working here. So one of them goes over because they're concerned about the people. Hey, Jesus, we need to let these people go. It's getting late up here. I got a text from my wife. She, my wife's expecting me home for dinner. And we got all these people here. We need to, we need to get these people out. They, they're going to faint on the road. They're hungry. They haven't eaten all day. All they've done is listen to you teach on and on and on. Jesus looks at him and says, you give them something to eat. See, there's a principle in the kingdom. Whoever sees the need is responsible for meeting the need. You're not allowed in the kingdom to point out problems but not have a solution. CWC, we, we bring solutions, not just the problem. If you see the problem, guess what? You are now the director of that ministry. And he tells you, you get, and he, he's looking around, where are we going to get food for all these people? And Andrew goes, well, we got a little boy here. He has two fish and five loaves. I can imagine Philip really being like, really? Really? You're going to... Jesus knew what he was going to do, and Jesus tells him this, how to handle any problem in life. First thing Jesus does is he tells him, have everyone sit down in groups of 50. I may not be able to believe for a miracle for 15,000, but I might be able to believe for a miracle of 50. So he breaks the groups up into smaller groups. Then he takes what he has. And he doesn't complain about it. What do you do with two fish and five loaves? Great. Bet that other church doesn't have these kind of issues. I bet they have enough food at their church. I bet they have enough parking. I bet they have. Jesus doesn't complain. Oh, you guys must have been talking about that earlier. Jesus doesn't complain, complainers. Just everyone just stretch your hands forward right now. As we... And Jesus takes what he has, his resources, his abilities, his talents, his giftings, what God blessed him with. And he lifts it up and he thanks God for it. Doesn't complain about it, he thanks God. Did you hear that? Doesn't complain about it, he thanks him. Quit complaining, quit complaining about what you lack and thank God for what you have. Yes. Then he takes what little he has and he doesn't eat. He doesn't pull aside a fish and a loaf for himself. He takes everything and he gives it to the disciples. He gives it away. Puts it in their hands and they distribute. I'm here to tell you that if you would take what little you have today... And give that talent, that gifting, that ability, and give it to God, you'll see miracles take place in your world. Be the remedy today. You're the answer to someone's prayer. Do you stand to your feet with me quickly? Everyone say this with me I am the solution. I am the remedy to a problem in my world. 
I'm reading a book right now called Whisper from Mark Batterson. It's about hearing the voice of God. And Mark tells a story in there about a man that was getting on a plane to fly to Ethiopia. He has a nonprofit organization, and what they exist for is to plant over a million trees. Their goal is to plant a million trees in Ethiopia to re, re, uh, replant the forests that have been destroyed in Ethiopia. And he really felt like, God, I'm not doing anything. And as he got on this plane to go, even though he was going to fly to plant these trees, he really didn't want to be there. In fact, his conversation with God as he sat on the plane was, God, I really don't want to be here. I don't want to be in this plane. I don't want to be going to Ethiopia. And I really don't want to be planting these trees because I really don't feel like we're making a difference. You have to confirm to me that I am doing something important. That what I'm doing is making a difference. That I'm not just taking up my time and he's complaining to God and a man comes and sit next, sits next to him on the plane. He's an Ethiopian man. And he asks him a question. He interrupts his prayer. He says, what are you going to Ethiopia for? He goes, well, I have a nonprofit, and we're going to go out there. And we're going to plant trees. The man leans over to the woman sitting next to him, an older woman. And in his dialect, responds to the woman sitting next to him. After he tells her whatever he told her, the woman gets up, jumped up, and began to dance in the aisle of the plane and began to scream. Then she went over to him and put her hands on his head and began to pray in her language, freaking him out. When she stopped, he asked the man, he says, what's going on? He says, this is my mother. And when I told her what you were planning on doing, she responded she had been praying for 38 years for God to send someone to Ethiopia to replant the trees that had been destroyed. That man was an answer to that woman's prayer. You don't realize every one of you in here are an answer to someone else's prayer. You may not feel like what you're doing means much. But do you realize it's literally the breakthrough for someone maybe one seat away from you right now? You can make a difference. Bow your heads with me. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.